Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks with Jim and Donardo. I'm your host, Anthony Donardo. With me, we got Jim Rosati. Good, good, uh, good morning. Happy Monday. Good morning. Um, no, I've got my coffee. I woke up on time today. Like, yeah, it's a good morning. We're going to make this a good, good start to the week. I just realized I spelled Juwan Bay's name wrong. I made it a K and not a J. You also didn't send out a tweet. Oh, 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 oh. I did now. <laughs> We're getting better at this. Hey, it's 7.07. So first yeah. off, I was awake. That was a thing. And now the tweet's out. So we're good. All right. But anyways, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, it was a it was a nice relaxing weekend. Louisville won by thirty eight, and I just didn't and I just didn't do anything really all weekend long. It was great. I feel that those are really nice weekends these days. I uh, I could probably say the same. I didn't do really much at all this weekend. Wife worked. I didn't. Pirates played baseball. You know, whatever. Jim up at seven impressive, I agree. More impressive than I'm up. Than Jim up. But it's impressive that Jim's doing something. Right. So I'll say that. No, but yeah. Uh, I'm 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 uh I'm good, ready to go. So the pirates, are they good and ready to go? There's uh, what nine more games left? Nine more games left. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, Tyler and I talked about it yesterday. Um, we weren't even sure if we were going to do a post game show. And Tyler was like, Where are you at, Jim? And I was like, Yeah, I'll hop on. But it's just the, it, every single loss is just the exact same story. Like, you're, you're, you're you we're getting good starting pitching. And then you go to the bullpen, and they are just terrible. Yeah. And it's the same thing over and over and over again. Well, we're being saved, Jim. We're being saved by Miguel Anduar. Because the Pirates finally landed him. They didn't have to trade Garrett Cole. They didn't have to trade Brian Reynolds. Nothing. Now, there's no Clint Frazier. So we're half saved, but the Pirates do get Miguel Anduar. And it's been what, like five years in the making for this to happen. And it finally does. Let's talk Miguel Anduar because I feel like this fan base is, is quite split on Miguel Anduar and what he is, what he presents, what he could be. Now there's only nine games this year. So it's not as if he's going to come in and save anything for the season. 
Um, but let's talk maybe what he could do for this season, what we want to see out of him for the rest of these nine games, but also like what he presents for this offseason and heading into next year. How's that sound? Sure. Okay. I, yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a it's a transaction that um, I mean we'll get into it, but it's like a lot of people have been saying Miguel Andahar needs to go to the Pirates for a long time. Um, it really on both sides, right? Both the oh, Yankees oh, yeah. and the Pirates have both have both been saying this, uh, and he's now finally here. Um, a lot later than you know all of the mock trade proposals and, and all that. He's now 27 years old. He has uh, almost four years of service time. Um, but uh, yeah, he's here. All right. So it happens. And again, I'm not shocked that Ben Charrington put a waiver claim on him. There are other guys that, that you know, I expected a waiver claim to happen and it didn't. Miguel Andohar just seemed like that's going to happen. It's going to happen. And honestly, I was – I wasn't looking forward to it, if that makes sense. I was Honestly, I was deep down. I was like, just don't. Just don't do it. Don't be tempted by it. And he did it. The Nationals passed. Pirates picked up. Um, again, it's it's nine games left. What do you think that's going to – what do you want to see out of Andohar and his usage uh, for the rest of this year? I guess that's what I'm curious about is I'm not really quite sure where he fits in. Um, like if when, when he was first acquired, I was like, well, you know, maybe he could be slotted in a corner outfield spot because right now, especially against lefties, you know, corner outfield against lefties right now, the pirates are playing Diego Castillo in the outfield. Right. And at least Andy Har has more outfield experience than that. Mm-hmm. Um, then I thought maybe, you know, he, he doesn't have a whole lot of playing time at first base in the majors or the minors. Maybe you play him at first base over Chavis and Chavis. Chavis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's basically it at this point. I guess Collins has right. played a little bit of first base, right? So maybe you're playing him at first base. He is like 30 total innings at first base in his entire career. Like if you count minors mm-hmm. and majors, so it's not a whole lot. Um, so I guess I'm I guess that's the that's really the the only thing I'm curious about is how exactly they're going to use him. Um, because like you're he's not playing third base. He's basically he's off left field. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be left field. Maybe, maybe we see what he is at first base. I don't know. Um yeah, I I get the pickup in a sense that you know, here's a guy who has shown at some point that he can produce. It was a while ago, it was 2018. Like this this isn't this isn't anything current. Um, but you've got a guy who has shown he can produce at the major league level. He hasn't done so in a long time. He hasn't received a lot of playing time lately. Um so maybe give him some playing time and see what happens. I'm guessing that's just, that's the pirate strategy here. Um, that was their strategy with a lot of these old washed up top prospects, right? I feel like 
you know, I, I sent it out last night, you know, Neil Huntington did this all the time. Like in his early years, like he would be, it's like he had a five-year-old baseball America handbook and he's like, <laughs> Oh, I got to I got to acquire all these guys. And he went out, he got lastings millage and he got Andy LaRoche and he got Brandon Moss. Right. So he, he got all these guys who were like former top prospects who just fizzled out now. Right. With, uh, now you've got, Michael Chavis, you've got Zach Collins, you have, uh, you know, if you want to go even farther back, Ben Wellos and, and a bunch of these bullpen skills, like everybody's picking off the scrap heap as like an old top prospect from 2017 and 2018. So that's what we're seeing now with, with this pickup. It kind of goes into that. Um, not too many of those pickups turned out well for Neil Huntington back in the day. None of them have really turned out well for Ben Sherrington so far. Anthony Alford, another guy you can kind of throw in there. Um, so I, I'm not expecting this to go well, but like at this point, why not try? I guess that's my that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, uh, and that's I, I guess I'm okay with that too. You know, like I, the biggest thing to me about picking up right now. Is I'm just quite indifferent. Like I, I really don't care. I'm, I'm not mad that the Pirates picked them up, but I'm also not excited that the Pirates picked them up either. You know, to me, once again, like this really just screams everything you talked about. It's truthfully, it's picking up some more hodgepodge. Now, it's not really nothingness because he has the name, right? Like you said, like, there's like a brand name to him. It just really stinks since he's been living off that name and that hype for quite some time. He was a he was a prospect, right? I mean, again, like him and Clint Frazier coming up as a prospect for the, the Yankee system. You see where Clint Frazier's gone, basically nowhere in his mm-hmm. career. Anywhere's kind of gone that path. Like I look at this one thing, well, I'm not shocked that the Yankees have been trying to trade them to forever because they're both pretty bad. They just didn't capitalize on doing so and let them both you know, rot away in their organization. But like Anduar was the top prospect. He had a really, really good rookie season, right? So in 2018, he had almost a four-war season. He batted 297 on base 328, slugged 527, 129 rate runs created plus, 27 home runs. Great at Yankee Stadium, but regardless, had a really, really good year. Second in rookie of the year voting to uh, Otani. There you go. And then what happened? That's that's the problem for me. Like, And then what happened? I understand injuries you know, are there, but... His year is 24th or 27, just completely wasted. I mean, and I, I don't say wasted as if, like, he was good and just rotted away. He was just bad. And I understand he didn't get a ton of plate appearances, but he was just – he's awful. Awful. And, like, there's a reason why the Yankees haven't fallen in love with him either and, like, trying to give him, like, a roster spot because he is awful. So it's like when the Yankees – a good organization, and everyone's a tout, like, oh, you're going to the real organization, they're going to fix you, right? I mean, think about all the pirates that leave to go to the Yankees. Oh, well, that was going to be good. Well, the Yankees couldn't do it, so why do you think the pirates are going to do it? Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's a really good point here. Like, Miguel Andujar, the, the, let's go back to the Yankees, right? The Yankees are sure. in the middle of a, of a postseason run. Like they are going to make the postseason. They've, I think they've already clinched. I'm sure they have. Um, and they want to win a World Series this year. 
Miguel Andujar, they decided, was not even worth a forty-man roster spot. Right. Right. Not. I'm not about. I'm not talking about just an active. I'm not talking about an active roster spot. They. He wasn't worth a forty-man roster spot. So, and, and like you mentioned, the Yankees are a well-run organization. Miguel Andujar has been in the Yankees organization, and I think it was Gary Morgan who brought this up yesterday on Twitter on, on just like how how he's not really that excited about the, the the trade, and I completely understand it. Like Miguel Andujar has been with the Yankees since 2012. Like this is his 11th season with the, in the New York Yankees organization. Uh-huh. Nobody knows Miguel Andujar better than Cashman and the Yankees. Correct. And they have come to the conclusion he is not good enough to help them right now. And, and again, not, it's it's not good enough to help him now and or next year because he could yeah. simply just been optioned. Mm-hmm. And be a Yankee next year. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll get healthy and be you know an option for something for this upcoming yeah. year. And they said, no, we don't want any part of him. We're just simply going to DFA him. Yeah. So, I think that, that that's got to tell you something there. Now, there are guys who maybe get DFA'd from really good organizations, and it's just a matter of that they just never got a chance. And then they go to a new place and they perform, right? Like there's there, that happens, right? Um, but like I feel like with Andujar in particular, it's not like he hasn't gotten playing time these last four seasons. He's like the Yankees have tried to play him. <laughs> he just hasn't performed at all um, in in any of like he has not replicated that success of his rookie season in any way shape or form whatsoever and that has caused new york to move on from them uh i mean the yankees were scrambling for players last you know last year they were scrambling for players this year and you know because of all of the injuries that they did have and and they decided that andahar is not the guy for them so i think like you got to kind of look at it in that way the Yankees didn't want him anymore. No, the it's, Yankees are a much better baseball team than the Pirates in their current state, right? Mm-hmm. But does that mean that he's just done? Maybe, right? <laughs> and I guess that's what we're going to find Likely. out here. Like, we only have nine games to figure it out. Probably not even nine, probably eight, because he's probably not going to report to the team today. Probably report to the team Tuesday. Um, and you've got now eight games to decide if this is a guy you want to roster, you know, over the off season, plus he's arbitration eligible. So is, is he a guy you want to roster? Is he a guy you want to pay one point, you know, commit $1.5 million to next year in arbitration? Um, and I don't know if they're going to be able to really come up with an answer in eight days. So it's a really, it's a, I'm just curious to see how this goes. That's that sums it up basically, and I feel like if this was after the trade deadline, like, you know, the, the Yankees made a trade, they said, you know, he's not worth the forty man. Let me go ahead and get rid of him. Then you have like this two month tryout, more or less, yeah. 
And I mean, I, like I'm with you too. Like some people just need to change the scenery. You know, that that's a thing. Just the or whatever it may be. Uh, I mean, it's, it's worked out with the Pirates before in some things, right? Uh, I mean, like hell, you can, you can look at the Yankees organization, look at like AJ Burnett. You know, hey, AJ Burnett left there and he flourished in in Pittsburgh or whatever, right? Uh, I don't think anyone expected that. I'm not saying this is like there's extremes either. I mean, AJ Burnett isn't what Andor is today when he was right. the Yankees. <laughs> Burnett was a major league pitcher when he was still a Yankee. I, I get that, and that's why I'm like that's not a good comparison in that sense. But I mean, he left there and just flourished, right? The Yankees were willing to just give him up for like nothing, basically. Um, so like with with Anduar, he has just been so bad, right? This year, only hundred like these are minimal and like the grand scheme of things, but 100 plate appearances this year. A 49 way runs created plus. We were talking about like Sawinski's splits and how like his aways are worse than like Josh Van Meter and such. I mean, Anduar's been worse than Josh Van Meter. Like, let's let's call that out. This guy is worse than Josh Van Meter. And also, same age. It's not as if like you're getting like this younger guy. Mm-hmm. He's the same age. He's he's a he's Josh Van Meter that that you're getting. Kind of make that clear, right? Performance-wise. Yeah. Um, you know, the year before an 82 way run. Created plus in 162 plate appearances before that, 71, and then negative 36, all coming after his rookie season. It's it's been bad. It's been awful. So so yeah, there's the pedigree, right? There's the uh, hype of you know five years ago he was rookie of the year candidate and had a almost a four war season, but that's been a long time. And and again, the Yankees have said we're not even willing to entertain this anymore. Bye. So the Pirates are a bad organization. They're not in a playoff run. So, like, they can't afford to take these guys to find out if they're going to hit or whatnot because that's what they've been doing for three years, basically, under Ben Charrington, right? But, like, I guess where I'm at, too, is the biggest thing to me is, like you said, where is his fit? It, so I think, and, of course, I'm probably wrong, but I feel like, no, he hasn't played first base a lot, but maybe here's <clears> – <throat> excuse me. But maybe here's like an eight game tryout. Like what 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 can you do at first base? Because that's a real need. Mm-hmm. Now, surprisingly enough, he's it shows he's kind of put up some good numbers in the outfield this year. Um, not the pirates can't afford any outfielders, also, but like I, I just kind of feel like the pecking order, like, are you really gonna take away at bats? Again, it's only eight games left though, but like Jack Sawinski, Cal Mitchell, Bay. Reynolds, you know, like the guys you already have. I mean, maybe Kyle Mitchell, I guess. Um, so like there's part of that, like, where's he fit right now? But like my thing too is like heading into this offseason the next year. The middle infield is crowded. There's a lot of guys already on the team in the system right now, right? With with Cruz, Castros, Bay, Newman, right? So the middle infield's crowded. Hayes is a lock at third. And, like, I feel like we both feel this team needs to go out there and get some free agents. Yeah. And where are those free agents going to come from? Well, they're going to come from the positions that Andor plays. It's hopefully going to be a first base slash DH, a corner outfielder, right? So it's like, to me, it's like if, you, if you're hanging on to Andor, that means you've probably failed at acquiring free agent veterans. And to me, that's that's why this is again not bad, but like I keep saying, if he's on the team next year, probably means you failed this offseason. 
No, that's a good point. Um, and, and like your biggest fear with all of this is that, <clears throat> you know, they, they don't go and acquire that corner outfielder or they don't go and acquire that first baseman and they go, Oh, well we got Andujar. Right. Like that's like, that's their fix. Right. And if that's, if that's the play here, then this is awful. Like if they're, if they're, if they're going with Andujar over say, and I just threw out the name yesterday, like let's say if they go with Andujar over Adam Duvall, or if they go with Andujar over Josh Bell, right? Like uh, over like an actual, you know, first baseman or corner outfielder who has shown that they can produce is a productive player uh, and can help the team next year. Right. And if they don't go after that guy and instead they settle with Andujar. Yeah. Then we've got a, we've got a problem here. It's not good because at the end of the day, even if he gets an eight-game tryout here, how do you even really trust those? I mean, it's eight. It's eight games. Yeah, right. Anybody can play poorly in eight games. Anybody can play great in eight games. It's baseball. It just happens. So you know, Andrew R comes in and he produces for eight games. That doesn't erase. <laughs> his previous 500 major league plate appearances that he has been a negative two war player over, you know, mm. um, you know, over the last four years. So like, what do you, what are you doing? Are you saying, well, you know what? He's been awful for the last four parts of four seasons. Or do you say, Oh, he was, he was pretty good for a week in September and October in 2022. So let's hand him a roster spot. That's I that I think is where things get a little a little you know muddy here because going into next year, Miguel Andhar shouldn't be on this Pirates roster. They it's need that, better that simple. Yeah. They need better players than Miguel Andujar. Plain and simple. Like they <laughs> this isn't a guy that you bring to your team to make you better. And that's literally where it is. Like it's just the, this the way this roster is now being constructed and forming, right? Where they're at in the rebuild, you just can't afford to give away roster spots any longer to to these type of players. There's just not enough room. And, and again, like we are, I keep talking about this, you know, and like you keep seeing it this year. Like we, this team is craving some actual true like leadership, like some real vets in that clubhouse instead of a bunch of kids running around having no idea what the hell to do. So again, like if you, if you have limited roster spots because all these players that you've acquired are now here and coming up because also like the thing you got to think about is Andy should be up at some point next year. Henry should be up at some point next year. You know, I mean, there's still Swaggerty out there. There's there's Frazier to be Rule 5 eligible. There's our four boy Gorski also that's yeah. out yeah. there. You know, like, like I'm not saying – and that's why like people came out and feel like – I'm not saying they're good and, like, you should not acquire people because of those players. But there's going to be some more of this. Well, we got to get some guys, some at-bats, 
see some things. I mean, they're they're not ready to win next year. They're, you have to you have to straddle the we got to get better, we got to get vets, but we also got to get some of these guys some plate appearances, some major league at bats, right? So, so you're playing both sides of the fence. And, and again, with that, you can't afford to give at bats to guys that aren't part of your future at all, which is Anduar. Again, like that's just yeah. that's where I'm at. You're gonna have mm-hmm. more guy. Like it's gonna get even more crowded as the season progresses. So why are you wasting? And I'm sorry, but yes, wasting a roster spot on Miguel Anduar. He's just simply not good. You have enough of those people. You have enough of those. You're probably more worried about trying to figure out if the guys that you have are good rather than taking other people's scraps that wanted no part of them either. Like, let's get past that. You had faith in these guys. You've acquired them. You're probably more willing to want to see if they're going to work rather than the team that said, we don't want any part of you for next year already. We're, we're simply just done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of sounds like we're on the same page here. Uh, it, it's, it, it's a, I, I get the acquisition just to like finish out the year, but I just don't, I don't see where he fits in. I don't see how you can give up a roster spot to him. I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be plenty of roster spots available. I have a feeling, you know, the majority of this bullpen is not going to be on the 40 man roster going in the next well, year. No. Um, you know, you've got, you've got, you're going to have 40 man roster spaces that you can provide, but like, but then you, if you're not, you got to bring in some people too. So, you know, you're, you're going to need the roster spots. And I, I, my biggest fear here is that they just kind of treat this as one of their acquisitions and that Andujar is here to fill in a hole needed to play corner outfield first base whatever it may be and and if that that happens then that's that's a bad that's a bad roster move like that's not what this team should be doing uh because he's i could be completely wrong and a change of scenery could help him but i just don't see it at this point right i'm with you i don't see it now again he's being added and whatever. And, and again, like at least like now he's in your organization. You do get to see him firsthand. Uh, I don't know what they do in the off seasons. I mean, they didn't even give O'Neill Cruz a glove. So I don't know like what they're going to do with, with Anduar this off season to like see him and whatnot. But yeah, sure. He heads in the spring. Like he's still part of the organization. I mean, maybe he can sneak through and, and be in triple a and like he's there and you can work on some things. I don't know. I'm not expecting much. Right. But like to me again, like my biggest thing is him being a pirate isn't like the worst thing in the world. I really don't care. Again, I'm very indifferent. My biggest thing too is just it's not going to be well if he's on the opening day roster next year. If he somehow slides through and he's like in Indianapolis, right? Because no one else claims him because he's about all out of options, or whatever next year. Then like so be it. Like whatever. Again, my my biggest takeaway, and I think like you're saying too, is like this this cannot be the fix. This can't be the Let's get him in because he had this talent. Like he has his pedigree. We're going to change him. And that's our answer now for first base, DH, outfield, whatever it may be. That's, that's bad. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. No, good point. Uh, off season wise, it seems like he, uh, he's played a, you know, a little bit of, uh, of lead on 
the past few years. So, you know, that's, that's a possibility for this coming season, but you know, those roster moves need, need to be made, you know, basically during that season. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how, how this is going to go. I guess, like I, said, I guess I'm a little curious just to see how, how this happens and, and what they plan on doing here. But yeah, like I, I, I am not my level of intrigue here for Miguel Andujar is not very high. No, three years ago, even two years ago. Yeah. Especially in this rebuild. Why not? Certainly at that point again, why not? And he was, you know, closer to his rookie of the year. But now being four years removed from it, the Pirates need to really start putting on the accelerator. No, I'm good. And, and honestly, I, I'm not saying this as an indictment too, but like the Nationals are certainly at that point of their rebuild where it's like, like they they didn't they didn't pull him up and bring him in. They passed on him also. And the Nationals could easily use that type of a player at this point. Again, like they their their closet's bare now. They've traded it. They, everyone's gone. You know the guys are upcoming. So even the Nationals said no. Yeah, and I don't know if it's still like this, but my, I I don't know if they changed it. But it's uh, I know before when it was a waiver claim, it goes through the whole AL first, and then it goes to the NL. So I don't know if that's still the case. You know what, Ethan? I, I'm sure Ethan knows, but I think so. And yeah, actually, you make a good point. So everyone in the like, AL would have said no first. So, and that means everyone in the AL would have said no. Yeah. If, if that's still the case. I have to look that up, I guess. Yeah, that's one of those nuances. I'm not sure. But probably so. But anyways. Um, so I don't know. Is that enough about Miguel Anduar? Here's the thing, too. You simply know he's hitting a walk-off in these eight games. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I mean, the dude, the dude has done nothing at the major league level the last correct. Three years, so correct, which is you exactly never, you why know. you know um, he's hitting a walk off, and then he's going to leave all of us wondering, not to the degree, but the like the Yoshi effect last year. He's gonna he's gonna do something magical in these eight games, and there's gonna be a whole fashion of Pirates fans like Andor. We got him. I mean, that's and we're gonna have a whole off season to sit on that. That's a very likely thing that's going to happen is, yeah, he, he performs well during these eight games. And then you get half of Twitter saying that we found our guy. You know, we, we found we, we don't have to go out there and get a first baseman now or we don't have to get there. We don't have to get a left fielder now because we have Miguel Andujar. And look what he did in these eight games last season. Right. They get five. That would that. be awful. And that's going to just lead to so many different conversations on Twitter that I don't want to have. I don't want to have those conversations with people who are like saying Miguel Andujar is him, you know, because <laughs> he hit three home runs in an eight game span in 2022. I right. don't want to have those conversations. There's enough discourse. <laughs> uh, he's going to add to it now. But anyways, uh, are we, are we wrapping up on our Andujar talk? Yeah. That's 30 okay. minutes of Miguel Andujar talk. I mean, I think it's warranted. And plus, we yeah. have the post game. So we've talked about, right. you know, every other player and how yep. bad the bullpen stinks already. So, uh, but yeah, so there's that. So, so I guess now what do you want to talk about? I don't know. You're the host. Oh, come on. <laughs> I know. I was really just into our talk, I figured. 
Oh, um, I don't know. What 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 else happened? Um, there's nine games left. There's nine games left. I guess. What are you? Uh, I'll 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 be the host here. What you know? And the, there's nine games. Obviously, you know we're not really looking for. You know the you know winning and losing is we're we're way past that point in the season, right? Um, so like, what are what are some things that you are looking to see over these next nine games? Like, give me give me your top top three things. Okay, I think my number one thing, because for the most part, I mean, everyone's had their season. Like, if the season ended today, I don't think much is going to change for anybody, right? Right. Except for these two guys. Luis Ortiz. I didn't get to do I, I was on the show yesterday, but it was just like another magical holy hell. Even though it was limited, right? He only had 80 pitches. And I wish he would have went the whole full five. We talked about Oviedo start and how that could have been the best pirate start of the season. And then it was backed up by Ortiz's, which if it would have lasted longer, was probably going to be the best start of the Pirates season. Um, So very, very intrigued by him. So like, I just want to see as much as I possibly can with him. So let's see his next start. And then Oviedo as well. How's the next one go? It's still a small sample. It's not going to change my mind, but it might make me more comfortable heading into this offseason talking-wise, right? Maybe sighing away from the he's a reliever thing to more of you know, maybe the kid can start. So, like, what's his next? Probably just one more start going, start going to be. Maybe two. Um, how how's that going to stack up? Does he go the distance? Strikeouts. The strikes are still up there, right? Walking less people. Like, does he look and fit more of a starter? Um, and then I guess third. I, I guess the third would be, and I think Ben Charrington answered it. Do you see Andy or anyone? And he said he has no desire to call up anyone from AAA for the rest of the season yesterday on the show. So, again, I think he answered it. But we also know that he doesn't truthfully talk. He just talks. So he could still because I wouldn't be shocked if he said the opposite, yeah. you know, that we're looking, we're looking, and he doesn't bring up anyone. So uh, I, I guess my third one is does anyone else get any type of appearances? Does Andy get his, hey, kid, you did a good job. Here's your shot. Uh, Quinn Priester, whomever. 40 mans are now filled, so that makes it harder. Someone would have to be DFA'd. <laughs> Not like Greg Allen can't be DFA'd. But uh, someone would have to be DFA'd for that to happen now. Yeah. I I, I like all those. Um, I, I think you you know you hit the biggest nail on the head with Ortiz and Oviedo. Oviedo is going to get two more starts. At least he should. Um, Ortiz is going to get one more start, it seems like. Um, so, yeah, definitely want to see them just kind of finish strong. Oviedo's two starts are both going to come against the Cardinals, by the way. So you've got like a double revenge game type situation. That. That's yeah, so, cool. so that'll be that'll be fun. That'll be a nice little storyline there. Away um, and at home. Yeah. Nice. Ortiz, again, gets, gets, a, gets a start as well against St. Louis to close out the year. And he's just looked unbelievable in his three starts so far, like just the stuff, the command that yesterday, just, it was incredible to just see what he was doing yesterday. Like just putting pitches exactly where he wanted to making hitters look silly. There were, there, there was 
I, I don't know who the, the one guy almost there were like two guys who almost fell over while they were striking out. Um, another guy who just you know was like, "Yep, I struck out. I'm gonna head to the dugout." I look silly, <laughs> you know, and yeah. and so there were a few people who were like that. Um, so yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing Ortiz one more time before the end of the year. Oviedo again, it's worth. Like, I'm I'm intrigued there. Um, I'm gonna add one more to this too, and and I want to see David Bednar close out strong. Like if if we're gonna be using Bednar, I want to be like because right now he's looking a little shaky. You know, he had the IL stint. He's been used a lot this year. Like, give me like three strong relief appearances to close out the year, so I feel nice and easy good going into 2023 like that's all right. valid we at least got bednar he's good he's good to go so like the last thing i want is bednar to be blown up these last this last week and a half and then you go in next year and you're like well do we have literally any relief pitcher that we can count on um no so give me at least one guy <laughs> that i can be like okay we have this guy um, now we just need to find another eight or nine people. <laughs> that's to, that's to, to very go. fair. Yeah, so, it would be nice yeah. to have comfort seeing David Bednar look like David Bednar, even if it is for one, two games yeah. to get in this offseason. Hey, I mean, the velocity was yeah. back yesterday, so there's, it was. there's some signs at least for that. So, you know what? I would I would certainly add that to a list too. Um, it's a good call. Yeah. Anthony comments, um, you know, he's looking to see Zach Collins wearing some optimism. I, I'm not quite sure about the, the Zach Collins optimism at this point, but hey, we could we, we can wish. Um, looking to see if Bay will start some games in center. And moving Reynolds to left field. I think Bay's starts in center are mostly going to come from either Reynolds off days or Reynolds DH days. I just have a feeling that like they're pretty set on Reynolds being their center fielder. I don't think we see Reynolds move to left um, really anytime soon. But yeah, I, I I think the intrigue with Bay definitely though is, you know, he can play those multiple positions and, and you know, hopefully he can play them well. Minor league fielding numbers are, are hard to trust at times because you don't really know how scoring decisions go. The players around you aren't as good. So you know, when the players around you aren't as good, it makes you not look as good. Field conditions aren't like perfect like they are in the major leagues. So, you know, I, I always kind of look at minor league fielding numbers and I kind of just throw them out the window. You know, they're they're there, but no, I think that's a I think that's good. We didn't mention Bay as a guy, but Bay's definitely going to be somebody who's going to be getting a lot of playing time here down the stretch, uh, and you know, he he deserves it. Yep. I'm with you. I mean, I feel like Bay's going to be a <clears throat> a big part of the, the roster next year, which is good, right? In the sense that it's not these Josh Bamers and such. Like, it's a person that's going to be part of your future. You want to see, right? Looks pretty productive so far. Um, but, like, as far as the middle infield goes, you already have Castro, you have Cruz. Outfield looks set ish. So, like, I feel like he's going to have to try to get at bats. And, like you said, right? He's probably not going to slide Reynolds over, but he'll probably get a lot of at bats in, in center. Um, in that regard, and was that Collins? Like, I just feel you know, Indy's coming next year. You hope Henry's 
Davis is coming next year. I mean, the catching situation should be by year end filled and completed, right? In that sense. And that's why I feel like right now, like Heineman, Delay, Zach Collins, like the three of them, you're probably looking that you probably want to get some type of veteran. That's why I said like Roberto Perez kind of makes sense. There's there's conversation that he wants to be back. The Pirates already went out and got him. So I mean, there certainly was already intrigued with him to begin with. Um, and I don't think you're looking for any long-term guy, right? But like a veteran catcher makes a lot of sense, especially because next year you're going to have two young catchers up there. Mm-hmm. So Perez kind of makes sense because you're not going to rely on him to be an everyday guy. Um, he's kind of proven time and time again he's not. Uh, and that's why, like, to start off the season, you're probably just having some guy be the backup. And it's probably going to be one of DeLay, Heineman, or Collins. And I guess, like, the one thing about Collins is he, he I guess, can play first, too. So, so maybe, like, gives him an edge. Because truly, does it matter? If next year started with Collins, DeLay, or Heineman as the backup, do you care? I guess my one thing with Collins is that you know, obviously the contact skills are poor, um, but the power is a tool that he possesses. Um, way more power than either Delay or Heineman, right? Um, you know, first career, 450 plate appearances. He's got, you know, 11 homers. It's not like crazy power, but it's more than those other guys, right? Uh, so I guess that would be like my my one piece of intrigue of Collins over those other two. But at the same time, you know, we've seen Collins' arm behind the plate and it seems pretty good. I don't, I don't think the rest of his catching is necessarily as good as probably those other guys who were full-time catchers, whereas Collins, you know, is is not. Like Collins is a part-time catcher, basically. Right. So, and again, I guess what I'm coming from is like grand scheme of things, whoever that backup catcher is, they got a, a clock anyways. Right. I don't really care if, if like, say, I mean, again, I, I talk delay, right? If delay doesn't make it, it's Collins or Heineman. Like, I don't, I don't care one bit, whatever. Right. It's a ticking time bomb when that guy's going to be gone anyway. So I don't think it's that big of an, an issue or situation anyways. But what I will say is for being a delay guy, right, for, for how, good defensively he is at least has that tool set that's not looking too good lately either you talk about collins like he's made some good defensive plays uh especially with the arm and it's been like the opposite with delay anymore i mean his throws are just getting more and more wild and a lot more balls getting past them like that skill set seems to be diminishing and i'm not saying like that's that's a permanent Mm -hmm. thing but the one thing that like his calling card was is no longer there either so now he's just simply a bad player (laughs) so Again, leading down the path, which bad player that has a backup catcher for next year, I don't really care. Yeah, no, I think that's 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 a good point. I'm on I, I'm under the thinking that like Andy Rodriguez should be this team's starting catcher opening day, but we all know that that's not gonna happen. What you think and what will. <laughs> right. Now, I would love to see them take advantage of this new role in the CBA where hey we have a really good prospect who seems to be pretty much ready. Let's put him on the roster and hope he performs. And then we can get rewarded with a draft pick. That would be what I would do. And if he is good, you can sign him to an extension. Like it's a thing that you can do. Right. And if he's not, 
If he's not, then you don't have to. You don't have to worry you about it. You can sit him down <laughs> a minute, play the service time later. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> because if he, he shows you he's not good. Like, it's a win-win. You yeah. do what you wanted to do and manipulate and keep him, or you call him up and he's good and you get a draft pick. Yeah. I mean, that's what the Tigers did with Torkelson, basically. They you know, had him opening day, gave him two months. He, he wasn't ready. They sent him down, and then they brought him, late, brought him back up later in the year. Yeah. It's the same thing. And if he's good, he's good. You get rewarded if he's good. Right. Plus, if he's like good defensively. Plus, if he's good defensively and he's a catcher, you know, Tyler's saying they just get handed all this war, right? We haven't seen this catcher war get handed to us this season, but, you know, if Certainly not this season, <laughs> maybe Andy can get handed all of this war and then that makes him look good in rookie of the year in the rookie of the year ballots. There you go. I like it. Cool, cool, cool. <clears throat> well, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. <clears throat> so, uh, so yeah, good stuff. So I guess the Pirates are off Thursday. The only off day in between. So Andy Wise, it's interesting that they bumped him to AAA. He's a little more like Castro's or Concheros minor league path than Cruz's. I agree with that. I think there's a chance he makes opening day roster. I, I mean, there, there's a chance. I just they haven't shown me that they're going to do it. They ha- they simply haven't. When was the last? top prospect with zero service time that they put on opening day roster. Really? And I'm not even talking about just Sherrington, like ever. And you say top, right? Yeah. Top prospect. Yeah. I'm like Diego Castillo doesn't count. Right. Right. I mean, that's what I went to. I'm like, well, technically he's not a top. I mean, are we going back to, Jose Guillen in 1997. Like that's that that's the name that pops in my head. Like that's the name that pops in my head. I can't specifically remember them doing it for anyone else. Yeah. I just it's it's not the MO. It's it's not the small market way. It now can be because of the new rules, and that's why the rules are there. But the pirates this year more or less showed that we also don't care about that. Um and like even with this comment, they'll let Andy be in the major until Davis is ready for a call up. Like that could happen, and they swap. But if Andy's performing, how do you then right, I, I, do that? No, if right, he's yeah, out exactly. here batting three hundred, right, with like mm-hmm. eight home runs in June, <laughs> how do you right, say he's not going anywhere. right? And so that's a problem they've created now. It was easier to do with Ronzi because you have a built-in excuse that you got to limit his innings. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not. I mean, it was a valid thing, right? There could have been a different way of doing it, but you don't have a like an excuse for Eddie Rodriguez. You can't say, well, we have to send him down to work on things. Right. So that's what they're going to find out to be their issue. So that's why they simply can't start on a moving day. Because they have to keep them. Yeah. Yeah, I so. I um I would be surprised i would be i mean i would be very pleasantly surprised but i would be surprised because again i can't think of a i can't think of a top prospect they've done that with for i mean that was jose guillen was 25 years ago stop you didn't have to say that jim (laughs) but like like i can't think of another one right 
Yeah. And he says Andy might be better in April 23 than any free agent willing to sign with Pittsburgh. I mean, that's true, but it doesn't mean that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's not as Andy's, the, Andy's the best catcher right. in the organization right now, and he's not here. Right. That, there you go. It's a good point. I mean, they weren't vested into winning, and yeah. I don't see them being vested into winning next year either. It could be an improvement, but they're not vested into winning. Yeah. So, anyways, let's get out of here. It's almost 8 o'clock. We have a post game that we get to do tonight, too. Yeah, good stuff. So we'll see you in like four hours. <laughs> hey, it's R- Rowan'sy day today. It is Rowan'sy day. So look forward to that. All you know, you're, you, it's Monday after your weekend. But you've got you've got Rowan'sy to to look forward to tonight against a team that you've already swept. So maybe some good things are happening. Yep. At least for this few games. So yeah. All right, we're done. Thanks everyone for watching. We'll be back. Bye bye. See you guys.